Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, good morning. It's the breakfast huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. It is now time for the bigger picture with Ryan Huang. And Ryan, this morning, uh, we put a lot of focus in the Europe area because we're looking at energy crisis. And of course, uh, the UK set to get a new PM. Uh, hmm. What have you been researching so far? <laughs> I've been trying to find some fun facts about this trust. I'll see right. if I can squeeze on any at the end of the show. But in the meantime, to into more important stuff, we've got the energy crisis playing out yeah. uh, because Gazprom, the Russian producer, said it will be halting supplies by its Nord Stream 1 pipeline because of what it calls maintenance indefinitely. Yeah. So you have to figure out that one yourself. <laughs> so oil and gas prices are rising and it's driving policymakers in Europe to try to figure out what to do from here and how to retaliate if they want to retaliate. So that emergency meeting coming up on Friday. And this all also makes the challenges tougher for new UK Prime Minister Liz Truss. That cost of living issue right at the top of the table mm. of many other things she has to address. So let's check in with Jeremy Tan. He is the CIO for Tiger Brokers Singapore. Morning, Jeremy. How are you doing today? Morning. Hey, Jeremy, let's start with what's happening in the UK. I'm looking at the British pound. It's at near 40-year lows. And in the morning, in the past 24 hours, we've seen it as low as 1.14. It has since recovered slightly to 1.16 versus the US dollar. What do you make of the reactions in the markets to the results of this trust becoming the new UK PM? Yeah, sure. If you look at the UK economy, I think for the first two quarters, it has already started to slow sequentially. And like you mentioned, you know, the country is actually facing a very challenging times with very intense cost of living pressures at 40-year highs. Just in the last month, you can see that inflation actually peaked at about 10.1%. I think it's actually expected to go uh, even higher from here. I think this is due to the uh, geopolitical tensions that's happening at its doorsteps. And you can see that uh, the energy crisis, I think, will remain actually very, very challenging into the mm-hmm. winter months with the Nord Stream announcement of the indefinite shutdown of its gas transmission to Europe. And as a result, I think, you know, Russia is actually basically weaponizing its oil supplies against the Eurozone with the cap on Russian oil prices. So we think that, you know, going forward, despite UK's concentration risk to the Russian gas is not high, but the overall gas prices is actually highly, highly correlated to the Eurozone. So we think that the uh, inflation problems would still uh, continue on uh, into the rest of the year. And we think that, you know, the uh, new prime minister's promise of, you know, stabilizing energy prices would be very, very challenging because all these are supply-led issues. And we think that, you know, his tax cuts, of course, I think will be closely watched to see if it, it has the ability to really shore up the confidence in the UK economy. Yeah, it's quite tricky for whoever is the UK Prime Minister because of how things are with the economy in the, that part of the world. You have inflation at very high levels, around 10%. You have a recession around the corner and she still wants to cut taxes. Is that going to mean more pressure for the British pound in the coming quarters? Yes, I think the uh, the dual impact of rising prices as well as, you know, like the very poor sentiment in terms of the overall growth and also the cutting of taxes, would that result in, you know, further, you know, weakness in the economy? I think that will provide uh, even 
stronger pressures. And not to mention, I think since the start of uh, Brexit in 2020, the pound has already depreciated against the dollar by about 13%. So I think this downward spiral will continue to happen for the UK economy until, you know, inflation and confidence in the economy, you know, starts to come back. Yeah, the British pound has fallen about 8% in just the past three months alone. So we'll see how that goes from here. And talk about rising costs of living and energy costs. Uh, this is playing out in Europe and we have an ECB rate meeting coming on Thursday. And we have 75 basis points being penciled in as the likely outcome. How much urgency is there for them to raise rates and what will be the you know, path for the ECB going forward? Yep. If you look at this year, I think the ECB has already risen rates by 50 basis points in July of 2022. This was the first hikes that we have seen since the 2011 European debt crisis. So I think the ECB has, you know, a very, uh, it's also stuck in a catch-22 situation right now to engineer a growth slowdown to manage inflation that recorded uh, 9.1% in the latest print. I think ECB as well as other global central banks will have to take a more aggressive stance given that they have been very backwards in terms of the uh, mm. interest rate uh, high momentums. So, uh, you know, like a lot of market participants are actually thinking that uh, the rate hike, this upcoming uh, September rate hikes will be more like a 75 basis point jumbo rate hike rather than a 50 basis points. Yeah, we'll see if the ECB uh, will be pressured to do more in the coming meetings. And of course, uh, what's playing out for the global economy is what's playing out in China. You've got the COVID-19 lockdowns just underway, more cities going through mass testing and tighter restrictions. What's your take on what's playing out in China and how do investors approach investing in China right now? Yeah, I think China, I think, is also in a, in a situation where, you know, there's a lot of uh, misery right now with the zero COVID policy leading to continuous lockdown in various cities. I think just last week there was Chengdu and Shenzhen and even more cities, uh, you know, upcoming with uh, the zero COVID policies that have adopted. And not to mention, I think China is really right now facing one of the uh, worst heat waves seen that in Sichuan, massive power shortages in the city. As a result of its uh, reliance of hydroelectrical power that actually generates 80% of its power. So the power crunch is actually hitting on uh, its uh, manufacturing capabilities. Basically, the government is cutting uh, energy use to industries and channeling the energy back to the residential cooling needs. You can see that the China PMI in August has already fallen back down to below 50 to 49.5 in August, uh, according to China sizing PMI. So I think the only silver lining right now for China is that it's one of the few countries that is basically in a rate cut cycle and the government is still very supportive to arrest the overall growth slowdown in China. Mm. So I think that puts, uh, you know, the only positive for, for China right now. Yeah, Jeremy, this is a good point because um, overnight we had the reports coming out about China uh, talking about accelerating their stimulus measures in the third quarter. So for an investor, when you see things like that, stimulus measures, policy rollouts, is that a sign or a signal for them to get into the Chinese markets and ride on this wave? Yes, uh, I think without a doubt, you see, you can see that amidst, you know, overall global central banks tightening in the US, in the Euro and other developed countries, you know, China is one that is uh, in a very, very different um, economic cycle right now. It's not face- facing the uh, inflationary problems that it's facing in the other Western countries. And, uh, you know, the rate cut cycle uh, since the start of the year has done about two times in terms of its uh, loan prime rate cuts. So, we think that with a very favorable backdrop in terms of the uh, interest rate cuts, I think it's potentially one 
uh, factor that um, investors can actually look at uh, for longer term investors mm. to start dipping their toes back into China equities. All right, Jeremy, besides China, where else are you looking at for opportunities? So in terms of opportunities this year, I think uh, without a doubt, volatility in the markets is continuing to stay for the rest of the year until we see that uh, inflation is uh, really under control. I think inflation um, will continue to stay high. And as a result, we advise uh, you know investors to continue to stay invested to really hedge against this inflation. Where we see value is in the form of our defensive names where, you know, in, for example, in a tourism sector or, is, or, or even defense, defense names or the consumer staples industry. And the recent uh, signing of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act by Biden into, uh, during his office, I think that would put a very strong backdrop on uh, ESG-focused names that focus on reducing um, carbon emissions and also solar or other green alternatives. All right, ESG and also defenses names uh, for investors to consider. We've been chairing Jeremy Tan. He is the CIO for Tiger Brokers Singapore. Jeremy, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.